Well, I want to share with you how excited I am this morning for something that God's been putting into motion for quite a while, as I was talking with Brother Joseph, who I'll introduce here in a second. Back in 2019, I got a phone call from my good friend Bill Van Sant over at New Life, and he said, you know, there's a ministry in Florida that's making its way to South Georgia, and I know there's a lot of ministries that have a lot of needs, but maybe this is one that you need to find out more about. And so back in 2019, myself and Jim Savage had a went to a ministry breakfast at New Life and, and got a chance to meet this wonderful ministry, uh, but they were in the planning stages, and then COVID happened, and we didn't know kind of what the future of this ministry would be, but by God's grace, they have come here to South Georgia. Uh, feel very much that Metter is going to wrap their arms around this ministry as soon as you find out more about it. But I'm just so grateful uh, that we can play a small role in this. And, and we, our missions committee had a chance to meet with this ministry a couple of weeks ago to hear their heart. And we felt like this was the right time for our missions committee to introduce them to you as our church body. So I want to ask uh, the program director of the Georgia campus, Brother Joseph, if you would come forward. And from here on out, I will let you lead us as God leads you. So how about a warm welcome for Loving Hands Ministries. Good morning. You can hear me, right? Okay. So, uh, as he said, my name is Joe Van Blarkham with Loving Hands Ministries. Um, give you a little bit of a road map of where we're going to go in our service today. Is, uh, I want to start with our theme verse for Loving Hands Ministries. Uh, it's 1 Peter 4.8. And you'll see it on our brochures, you'll see it in all of our literature, and it says, and, and I was touched by the, by the missions-oriented uh, video that was played, above all, love each other deeply, for love covers a multitude of sins. Amen? Amen. So I'm going to share a little bit today uh, about our history, and then I'm going to talk a little bit about... Uh, our program structure and how we're structured and then I want to wind it up with a little snippet of a lesson that we teach our guys in the program so that you get a little taste of what we teach them um, so before I get started I want to introduce some people that I'm not going to bring up onto the platform my wife is all the way on the far end Pamela uh, sitting next to her <laughs> sitting next to her is our daughter Destiny and I will uh, take the time. She, she hardly ever comes to testimony service because I always embarrass her. Uh, and I'm going to delightfully, hopefully, embarrass her today. She is sitting next to her, as of yesterday, her fiancé, Brandon. <laughs> if you've never had the experience of a parent of a shy a uh, nervous young man come and ask parents permission to have your daughter's hand in marriage. It's a pretty neat experience, but he did it the old-fashioned way and showed us that respect and honor and then formally uh, asked her uh, to be married. Now, they're probably a, a long way out in planning and stuff, but, and I'll let uh, the, Tyler introduce Shelby uh, next to them. So Loving Hands Ministries was started in 1982. Uh, in Florida, it was started by a pastor named Wendell C. Wilson, uh, who had been pastoring in 1982 for about uh, 27 years at that point in his life. He was saved off the streets of Washington, D.C. 
his aunt bribed him to a tent revival, a 1950s tent revival with a, with a six-pack of beer. It's a funny testimony. Said, will you go to church? And he said, no. She goes, well, what if I buy you and your buddy a six-pack of beer? He goes, can we drink them first? And he, she said, yeah. He said, all right, well, then we'll go. And uh, from that, at that night, he met the Lord for the first time, turned his cigarettes over and said, I'm going to do this church thing and never looked back. Uh, became a pastor within a year. And uh, uh, so in 1982, as many pastors do, he was involved in uh, jail ministry. And in the jail, if anybody's ever been a part of jail ministry, or maybe if you've been to jail yourself, there's a thing called jailhouse religion. You know, and you get into jail and it hit, you hit your knees and say, God, if you get me out of this, I'll do whatever you want. And, uh, and many times God answers that prayer and gets them out in ways that would not normally be the normal routes of getting out. But my dad began to notice that there was, you know, there's the jailhouse religion people of I'm doing this because I'm in jail. And then there's the people that do it because they sincerely have met the Lord and want a relationship with him. And he began to notice, though, that these sincere guys a week, a month, a year later would be right back in jail. And so God began to move on his heart and realize that these men need a place to come apart from their old neighborhood, their old friends and their old influences and be discipled in the ways of the Lord. And so that's how Loving Hands was birthed. Uh, he began, started by taking men into his home. Uh, that only lasted a year or so until... Um, uh, his wife was like, okay, no more three o'clock in the morning bringing guys drenched in vomit out of the gutters to the house. <laughs> you need to go find a place. And uh, as much as she loved the Lord, that's pretty rough, uh, having these guys show up in your house. So through a donated house in Bradenton, Florida, we started uh, taking men in to uh, Loving Hands Ministries as a program, formally formed as an organization in 1984. Uh, in 1992, we opened, uh, through a donated piece of property from Likes Pasco, we opened a campus in Dade City, Florida, which is on the north end of Tampa Bay. Palmetto is on the south end of Tampa Bay, uh, or actually Bradenton. In 1996, where our headquarters moved into its current location in Palmetto. And also in 1992, through some connections and uh, things that happened, with our brochure and I'm going to stop here and encourage you if you don't have a brochure that you picked up in the lobby uh, encourage you to pick up a brochure you can use it if you know somebody that needs our help you'll be able to reach out to us that way you can use it in your Bible as a prayer request uh, to pray for us or if you just if you're one of those people that just wants to know more details than we can share in a testimony service there's a lot of information in there uh, but in 1992, we also started going over, my dad started going over to India. Uh, and I just switched there. I said my dad, and I'll explain in my testimony how Pastor Wendell became my dad. Uh, but we started going over to India uh, through some connections we had through a missions organization. And today, uh, we now have a seminary, a Bible college, an orphanage, a uh, a leper colony with about 60 lepers and about 180 churches that are called Loving Hands Ministries India uh, over, in, over in that nation. And so we, we try to go over there every year and we used to go over there every year until COVID hit recently. We haven't been in the past couple years. Uh, and so, but Lord willing, that will start back up. So 
my testimony, I was, uh, I was born in Patterson, New Jersey. I was, I was talking with Pastor Bo about it earlier um, and didn't grow up in the church, didn't really know who Jesus was. I remember hearing that word, Jesus, at Christmas time, uh, but not really knowing who he was or who God was even. Um, and grew up in three different orphanages, uh, multiple foster homes, passed around from family member to family member, so didn't have a real stable childhood, and eventually wound up in Florida uh, after I had wound up homeless in New York City and sleeping on the streets. I was telling Pastor Bo, if you're a Giants fan, I used to sleep in the actual Meadowlands uh, where we were saying they believe maybe Jimmy Hoffa's buried. Uh, but there's abandoned boats out there. I used to sleep in those. And as it got cold, after about six months of being homeless, I realized that if I'm going to sleep on streets, I'm going to go find some warm streets. So I came back to Florida. I conned my way uh, to Florida to get to some warm streets. And uh, one of the nights, and I was pretty drunk, uh, I remember laying in a baseball dugout and looking up through the, one of the little holes in the baseball dugout and thinking, there's got to be more to life than this. There's just got to be more to life than what I'm doing. Uh, I was 18 years old, but I knew that running around drunk, living house to house, was not what life was supposed to be about. Uh, and so I went to visit a lady through uh, who I had met dating her daughter who, got, who called a pastor who happened to be working in his office on a Saturday night, cleaning his office. And he had picked up one of our brochures and set it down on his garbage pile to answer the phone from this lady that was trying to help me and said, I've got a brochure, maybe they'll help. So he hung up, called Loving Hands Ministries and Pastor Wendell just coincidentally happened to be working in his office on Saturday night as well, uh, who said, bring him Monday for an interview. And so I went down for an interview that Monday and spent hours telling him my long life story at 18 years old. And at the end of that, he looked at me and said, son, it sounds to me like you're looking for Jesus. And I kind of shrugged my shoulders and says, I don't know. I don't know what I'm looking for. I just know there's more to it than that. And in the short, simple gospel that was just presented in that video, he explained to me that I was born into sin and that there was nothing I could do about that sin, but that Jesus came to earth and died for my sin and paid the penalty for my sin. If I would just accept that sacrifice into my life, for my sin that I could be born again and so I knelt in that office and prayed and uh, received Christ into my life and that was in 1987 and was on staff went through the program was on staff for about seven or eight years and uh, went on to start the teen challenge that's in Jacksonville I spent three years building that uh, ministry up and then God took my life in a completely different direction he sent me to the police academy uh, and so I went through the academy in Jacksonville, entered into a career in law enforcement. Uh, in my career in law enforcement, God blessed me to pass the Florida bar, and I became a Florida attorney. Uh, so I was a commander at my police department and practicing law on the side, and I was a pretty busy guy. Still serving on the board at Loving Hands all this time. And uh, in 2016, our founder, uh, Wendell Wilson, passed away and went home to be with the Lord. And my wife and I, through just prayer, just began to sense that the Lord was calling us back to uh, Loving Hands full-time. And so in 2016, I came back as their administrator. 
uh, legal advisor and all kinds of different activities. You know, when there's not enough hands to do the work, you wear a lot of hats. And so um, we came back and my wife started saying, I really would like to be, you know, with my parents, be home with my parents and her parents. How did we wind up in Metter? <laughs> is maybe a lot of questions that, that are going on. I was looking at your, I was praying over your prayer list before the service started. And one of the people you have listed on your nursing home and shut-ins is Christine Grice. Anybody know Christine Grice? We call her Gigi. You love that woman? Yes. That's my wife's grandmother. And uh, her daughter is uh, Ernestine Parsons and her husband, David Parsons. We call them Lejeune and Papa. They moved way, way back when Disney first opened up. They got jobs at Disney and went down there and worked their careers, retired and moved back home. And so my wife is like, I want to go back home where my parents are. And so the Lord opened the door up uh, to uh, get us some land right next to their land. My wife and I have built our house on there. And so that's what brought us to Metter to open a Loving Hands Ministries is how we wound up here is just the family connection. The Lord used those avenues to bring us uh, to this area of the country. So um, what I want to do now is I'm going to have Mitchell come up before I start sharing the structure of the program. Mitchell is a graduate of Loving Hands Ministries, and I'm going to talk to you about the structure of Loving Hands Ministries, but our program is a two-year residential program. When somebody comes to Loving Hands Ministries, they commit to two years of being in our program on our property. Uh, once they graduate that two or so years, it's a two-year minimum commitment. Once they graduate Loving Hands Ministries, we have an opportunity for those that feel led and called uh, to enter into an internship program, and those that survive the internship go on into a staff training. And that's where Mitchell's at. He's in a staff training program. We've been rotating staff up here, helping with the Georgia stuff, and that's what Mitchell's at the tail end of his uh, Georgia stay. And so I'm going to... This mic... Yes. Have him share his testimony. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, my name is Mitchell. Like he said, I'm uh, 34 years old, and I was born in Los Angeles, California, and raised in Cape Town, South Africa. Uh, I moved around a lot growing up, so I felt like I had this emptiness when I was younger, just having trouble making friends. And, and so when I was 15, I had my first taste of alcohol, and I thought that was it. I thought that was what I was missing for so long. And so it started this this path of just diving deeper and deeper into the wrong decisions and wrong choices. And uh, so I started using heavier drugs, and what came along with that was that lifestyle of lying, manipulating, stealing, and doing what I thought I had to do to get what I wanted when I wanted it. And uh, my family suffered the worst. My mom was a major, major enabler in my life, and she would just pretty much do whatever it took to, to what she thought was love me. And... Um, so that took me down a darker path of just getting, not learning lessons in, in situations I was in and just getting deeper and deeper involved with the wrong people. And uh, it got to a point in my life when I was uh, 31 years old, broke, homeless, desperate, married, and uh, I thought it would be a good idea to try and rob my own mother in broad daylight in a Walgreens parking lot. Uh, she screamed for help and, and I ran, but the damage was done in that. And so I ended up going to jail shortly after that for another similar crime of desperation. And while I, was in, while I was in there, I had I'd pretty much given up. I had been to multiple rehabs and detox tons of times, and nothing was working for me. And while I was in there, I heard about Loving Hands, 
and I, I read the handbook, which is about 37 pages of a lot of rules, and, uh, and it was two years long, and I, I knew that was a long time, but I tried all these other programs, and nothing worked, so I, I figured I'd go for it. And uh, when I got to Loving Hands, it was different. It wasn't like the regular drug programs that I had been to. I noticed something in the leadership that I had never seen anywhere else, and that was that they were on fire for the Lord. And I knew I wanted that. However, I didn't know how to get that. And so it took a lot of humbling and different experiences to learn to grow through all that. And uh, I, when I was, okay, we don't get visits until three months in the ministry, but we had an open house. And, when I was, and that was on the 33rd day I was in the program. And my mom showed up to that. And she could tell that something was different to me the moment she saw me. And so she forgave me for that day. And since then, since I've been in this ministry, my mother has found Jesus Christ to be her Lord and Savior. Uh, my father, who was born Jew Jewish, he, he's asking questions now. And to me, that's just such a big thing, such a big thing in my life, just to see my hard-headed dad wanting to know what changed me, what's changing my heart. Um, it's my mom's birthday the day after tomorrow, and for the first time, I was actually able to get her a gift with my own money. Not something I borrowed or stolen from somebody, but something that I had earned. And it just shows that God's really working in my life. He's changing my heart. He's teaching me how to love. Um, yesterday was the official, like, three years that I, since I've used any sort of substance. And it's not that I have any craving or anything. God's delivered me. And that's only by the blood of Christ that I've been completely delivered. <laughs> And then, like Joe said, I'm, I'm about to be leaving Georgia, which I'm kind of sad about, but I know I'm going where God wants me. Um, I'm also going to be preaching at a church on July 31st for the first time in my life, which from behind bars to in front of a pul behind a pulpit, that's only God can do that. And so that leads me to my scripture verse. My life verse is 2 Corinthians 4.1. It says, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way, we never give up. I'd given up on everything, and I'm not giving up anymore. Thank you. So one of the things you heard from him is, is that we're unique for most rehabilitation programs in the sense that, you know, drugs, alcohol, sexual addictions, uh, the criminal lifestyle, just the street lifestyle, all the addictive behaviors that we can get ourselves caught up in uh, are just symptoms is what we believe. They're symptoms of a real problem. You can address drug addiction. You can address alcoholism. You can address pornography addiction. But until you deal with the root problem, the symptoms are going to find another way to surface in the life. And the only, uh, the root problem is sin in the heart of man. And there's only one way to deal with sin. You know what that is. It's the blood of Jesus Christ. And so that's what we do is we, our program is designed to get the man in a place where they will develop their own personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because the Holy Spirit's the one that does the work. Our program, we have a very high success rate. Uh, well over 90% of our graduates never go back into drugs and alcohol. And, uh, but it's not the program. God uses the program. God uses the structure of Loving Hands Ministries uh, to do the work. 
But it's the Holy Spirit that does the work in the heart of man that brings transformation. It's a washing by the Word of God. Amen? Amen. Uh, and so you heard it, Loving Hands is a two-year program. The first year is we break it up into four phases, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior. And as they go through that process, they progress through the phases. Into the second year, uh, a couple years ago, we revamped the way our second year is structured. We have three phases. It's three four-month phases. We have a ladder phase, and we have certain things that they go through. They start out with what we call the reset rung. Uh, because we want them to refocus themselves that this second year in the program is not a time to put cruise control on because you can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Now is the time to be an example to the first year guys to grow deeper spiritually. Uh, and then we go through all the different rungs from evangelism to apologetics to those kind of things. Uh, and then we have wheel classes, everything from biblical counseling to personal finance uh, to some other practical skills. They just finished up uh, health and fitness to learn about nutrition and those kind of things. And then the last phase is what we call the track phase. Uh, and that's where the men pick a phase. They either are going into college, into a job, or staying on uh, ministry with staff. It's a long day. They start at 6 in the morning. They go to 10 o'clock at night. Uh, you heard Mitchell, they don't get a visitation until the first three months. Uh, one of the things that stops guys many times besides the two years is there's no coffee. I was waiting for the grumbling. Oh, I'm not going. Uh, there's no coffee, there's no TV, magazines, newspapers, any of those things. And what we say is those are not bad in and of themselves, but they're distractions. They can become distractions in our life. Every one of us in here have things in our life that are not sinful in and of themselves or bad or wrong in and of themselves, but they distract us. They take our attention away from building a relationship with our Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. And so what we do at Loving Hands Ministries for these men is we strip them of that so they don't have the distraction from building that relationship. Now we add it back in. They get coffee down the road. Don't, don't get too worried about them. Uh, but we do strip them early on. Uh, so before I share with you a little snippet of one of the lessons that we teach, I want to have Tyler come up. Uh, he's the best looking guy in the whole program. Wonder where he got it from. <laughs> um, it's my son. Uh, so he's going to tell you a little bit about how and why he wound up at Loving Hands Ministries in Georgia. Hi, so like you said, my name's Tyler. Um, <clears throat> my wife, Shelby, is, was sitting next to me, which uh, that alone is a testimony in itself. Uh, growing up, I told everybody I was never going to get married and I would never have children. Uh, me and my wife have been married for eight years this August, and we have a five-year-old son, Joseph, and a two-year-old daughter, Alora. Um, so the, our testimony with Loving Hands started in the fall of 2020. Um, my wife, Shelby, had started really pressing in and seeking God a lot more um, than what we had been. Um, at the time, I was working full-time at Universal Studios in Orlando as an audio-video tech and part-time at our church as technical director. So I was very heavily involved in audio-video um, and my wife was very heavily involved in raising our children and studying the word and living in the word. Um, 
And she started pressing me to spend more time reading the Bible and not just being in a church, but to actually grow my relationship. Um, and I was a little hesitant at first. I was very happy where I was. I was very comfortable. Um, all of our bills were met. We didn't have a lot of financial strain. Um, but we, I started reluctantly reading more, praying more. And we both had this sense that we were being called to go into ministry full time in that fall. And so my first thought was, well, maybe I'm supposed to work full time at my church. Met with my pastor, told him what was going on. We prayed about it, um, sought the Lord. And just we didn't really feel like that was where my calling was for ministry. Uh, Shortly after, I was approached by a missionary to Africa who in the late 80s, early 90s, put together a children's TV show that was nothing but biblical principles. And it was a number one hit for many, many years. And the TV studio reached out to him, asking if he would come back and make a new updated show. And he was more than willing, but he needed to raise the funds for a studio, raise the technical team to film and edit and put this together. Um, and when, it, when I first heard it, I was like, well, clearly this is it. This is my whole life has been audio video, and that would be a full-time job in ministry. So I met with him. We talked about it. We prayed about it. And it just didn't sit right. Um, there was something about it that I didn't feel like that was where I needed to get involved with. Um, I talked with him. I gave him some ideas. He uh, gave me some words of encouragement. Um, and so we kept praying, seeking where this full-time ministry was. Um, so spring of 2021, at the church I was working at, they received the funds to fully update their audio-video system. And so I got to work, replaced the speakers, soundboard, projectors, um, and had all of this somewhat old and outdated equipment sitting there. And I went to the pastor and said, what do you want me to do with it? We could probably sell it or find another church that's in need of it. And he said, if you know somebody that needs it, they can have it for free. If not, I don't want it collecting dust. Just get rid of it. I was like, okay. And as I was walking out his office, um, I don't really believe in coincidences, but I definitely believe that God will orchestrate events and a lot of things just so happen. Um, I walked out of the office, and I just so happened to feel this need to ask if my dad at Loving Hands could use some audio equipment. And it just so happened that their Dade City campus was building a new chapel and needed audio equipment. Um, and so that started our journey with Loving Hands. Um, we scheduled a time me and my family drove over to the Dade City campus to bring this audio gear. And while we were on the property, me and my wife had this feeling of peace and belonging that we had not experienced in very many places. Um, so as a great couple did, neither one of us told us this feeling that we were experiencing. And we went home and spent a week individually praying about Loving Hands Ministries and if this is where God was calling us to be. And after a week of prayer, we decided to tell each other what we had been praying about. And so we took that as a bit of a confirmation that um, God had placed loving hands on both of our hearts. So I called my dad, let him know we felt called to full-time ministry and specifically to loving hands ministries. 
and I wanted to know what his thoughts were, to which he said, well, we could really use some people in India. I said, oh. <laughs> yes, if that was a no, and I said, oh. I said, no, that was an oh. That's going to require a lot more prayer. Um, so, and that was a bit of a test to see where our hearts were. Um, both me and my wife prayed about it, and I called him back, and I said, I, all I know is that God's calling us to ministry, and we felt like we belong at Loving Hands Ministries. So if God is saying to send us to India, then God is saying send us to India, um, which he did say that that was just a test. He wanted to see where our hearts were, um, but he had called up Wendell's daughter, who's now the president of Loving Hands Ministries, and let her know so he could step to the side and not be biased. Um, and so they began praying and asking about it. Um, so the summer of 2021, we started transitioning out of our regular routine lives and trying to get into Loving Hands. We knew I was going to have to quit my job, um, which that was a rough one. I had been there for um, this last March would have been my eighth year at Universal Studios, so about seven and a half years. Um, they pulled me on to their newest project to be their audio person um, because of how much regard I had built within the management community there. Um, and we knew we were going to have to sell our house and that we were going to have to get housing up here. So we started making trips up to Georgia, looking at houses in the area, um, trying to find the right house for us, which again, it just so happened that while we were at a sales office talking, trying to buy a house, the sales lady introduced us to a delivery person who delivers mobile homes for a living um, with his company. And as we're talking to him, she goes, hey, you also sell houses. Do you happen to have one? This is what they're looking for. And he goes, Normally, no, but it just so happens I just got what the size they're looking for on my lot. And that ended up being the house we bought. Um, so also, we knew we had to sell our house. And I started talking with a friend of mine who just got a realtor's license. And we had planned on doing an open house, having people over, listing it the week after we got back from Georgia. Well, it just so happened while we were in Georgia, we got a phone call from two close friends of me and my wife who are ex were expecting a child and needed a bigger place to live and said, hey, uh, we felt like we need to call you about buying your house. We heard you might be interested in selling it. Hadn't talked to them about it, hadn't listed it, um, and now we ended up selling them their house and they now live next door to their grandmother and she's next door to her grandson and one of her great-grandchildren. Um, so it's really, I find it really fascinating the way that God plays things out in the long game. It's a really cool story. Um, so we were able to buy a house, sell our house. Um, we bought our house with a down payment. And then a few months later, I told the guy, I was like, in all honesty, I don't know how I'm going to be able to pay you, but I believe that this is the house that God has picked out for me and my family to live in. Uh, we took a trip back down to Florida, and while we were there, um, people started hearing about the financial need that me and my wife were in after applying for every loan I could find, um, didn't qualify for any, and, but God had a plan to provide for us, and through God, 
we were able to go to Florida and come back up and pay off every last cent that we owed on our house. Um, so this last early spring, the end of winter, we, we were able to move into our new house, um, which was a really nice transition. For seven months, my, me, my wife, my two children, and our family dog lived in a 28-foot RV. Uh, my dad likes to say that that was a condensed version of the program. We had lots of our comforts and distractions removed, and so there was lots of time where all that we had to turn to was God and prayer. Um, and we experienced a season of spiritual growth unlike that we've had in a very long time. So, and another, the last little coincidence that I found out after coming up here, but when me and my wife started praying about going into ministry full time, we found out later on at a staff meeting that around the same time, um, Kim, the president, and my dad had been praying about finding people to staff a Georgia campus. They didn't know where the staff would come from, but they knew they were going to need people to staff a new location. And also for the relationship between me and my dad to be restored. Um, up until this point, it was very small chit-chat here and there, just, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? See you in a month. Um, and so through me and my wife praying and being obedient to the calling that God had placed in our life, um, we were an answer to prayer, not just for staffing, but also for rebuilding the relationship that me and my dad now have today, where we see each other regularly, we talk regularly, and we're more involved in our lives. Um, the scripture that when we first started this journey, I started praying daily, was uh, Psalms 139.23, but search my heart, God, Test my, search my heart, God, know me, and know my concerns, and test my heart, sorry. Yeah, like three versions in there. So the only thing he didn't tell you was when we invited him to join staff at Loving Hands in Georgia, we told him that we were going to plug him into the final phase of the staff training program, which is an unpaid position. So he's doing all of this without any pay. Uh, and so we're still working by faith to build up the Georgia budget so that we can add him to the full-time staff with a salary. So for the sake of time, I'm not going to give you the lesson that we do, but I'm going to close up with... Uh, normally I build this whole uh, testimony service around what I call the three F's of Loving Hands Ministries. Faith, family, and free. Uh, faith being that we're faith-based. I already told you that, you know, there's a lot of approaches to dealing with addiction in the world today. Our approach is that most of the time, uh, if you get the person in a right relationship with Jesus Christ and you deal with the sin issue at the heart, these addictions just seem to fall away. My favorite, ver my favorite hymn is, Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus. Look full. There's the key word. If we look fully into his wonderful face, the things of this world, including addictions, grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Amen?
And so that's what our approach is, is by faith-based, is we try to get these men, we just create the atmosphere and the environment with our structure that they can build that personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because beyond the program, it's not going to be some uh, tips and tactics that's going to get them through life, the difficult journey that life can be. It's the personal grounding and rooting with Jesus Christ and the presence of the Holy Spirit in their life that's going to get, get them through. Amen? Uh, family, we try to keep our campuses small, no more than 12 to 15 guys, because most, a lot of times, they're missing family. They either didn't grow up in a family, or if they grew up in a good family, like Mitchell, you know, they, they broke that relationship with their family. And so we try to create a family environment uh, within our uh, program so that, that we can continue to build that aspect of life uh, into our men. And then the third F is free. Uh, many times people ask, well, it's got to be expensive to feed these guys. It is. Uh, who pays the electric bill? Well, it gets paid. Uh, but there's no charge, absolutely no charge for Loving Hands Ministries. We don't charge them weekly, monthly. There's no bill when they finish the program that we send home with them with their parents. Uh, there's no expectation of money from the men whatsoever. It is absolutely just like salvation from the Lord, completely free of charge. And so uh, a lot of times people ask, you know, well, how can I be involved with Loving Hands Ministries? And the first thing I do is I follow those three F's. The first thing is faith. You can pray for us. Uh, prayer is the work. Prayer is the most powerful thing that we can do in this natural world, I believe, is to pray because we bring the power of God from the spiritual realm into the, our, our natural world. Uh, doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect. Uh, now's your chance. You can nudge your, your uh, neighbor and say, you're not perfect. Uh, you know, it doesn't mean everything's going to be perfect, but you can pray for us. Once we have our campus established, we're about three weeks from closing on our property that we're going to be able to start taking men and putting them here in South Georgia and not sending them to our Florida campuses. Uh, you can come teach if you feel like you want to teach. Uh, you can come pray with the men. Uh, we have an intercessory prayer time during the day. Uh, we have a personal devotion time, but we also have an intercessory prayer time because how many of us, uh, I hope, realize that prayer isn't just all about me and mine? Uh, we need to pray for others. And I know you believe that in this church because I saw your list. It's to pray for others. It's to, it's to bring them before the Lord. Uh, family, be a part of our family. Come out and teach. Come out and be a part of the men. So, some people, in, like we have one guy in Palmetto, brings us, uh, he brings a pickup truck load of frozen milk every other week for the guys. Uh, however you want to participate and be a part. We have work projects during the day that the men take care care of the yard they rake they cut the lawn all those different things so you can come and be a part in that way become part of the uh loving hands family and then free uh it always you know you always know it's coming the, the pitch for support it does cost us to operate you know we do have to feed these men and clothe these men and and pay all the bills and and it's not coming from them or their families uh, and the way we primarily are supported is through churches, through businesses, and through individuals who we call our SOS partners. We ask them to sponsor us at $30 or more a month. Uh, you can go on our website, lovinghands.net, and sign up if, if you would want to 
uh, support us in that way. We have a table in the, in the vestibule that has uh, T-shirts and hats and bracelets and those kind of things. If you'd rather put your money to get some kind of a gift in return, you can do that. Um, but just uh, more importantly than any of anything else is pray for us. When my, when my dad went home to be with the Lord in 2016, the, the leadership, myself, Kim, and a couple others, and our board of directors at that time, uh, we've heard many, 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 many times over the years uh, when the economy is bad, you guys need to start charging something. You guys need to start charging something. And that was one of the things that we decided early on was that by God's grace and God's provision that we would continue the legacy of being free of charge. And thankfully, through the faithfulness of God's people, uh, we continue to be free of charge. Uh, and so we're thankful to the Lord, number one, because he moves on the hearts of people to provide for us. And so uh, I just want to thank uh, Pastor Bo. Uh, I want to thank um, Jim and Shelley Savage and Larry Sykes and the rest of the uh, missions committee for hosting us at a dinner recently and getting to know more about Loving Hands Ministries, getting to know us personally on a one-to-one -one and coming alongside this ministry in prayer. I can tell you that uh, I get busy throughout a day and they're texting me, what's going on? What can we pray for? And so we're so grateful for the partnerships that are already in the relationships that are being built through Cedar Street Baptist Church. You guys have already begun to help Loving Hands Ministries, and we thank you for that and are grateful for that. And so, um, Pastor, if you want to come up, I'll hand it back over to you. Um, while he's coming up, I want to say, since there's younger, uh, a younger audience in here, you know, we don't have all of our men with us right now, and you hear testimonies of men coming out of drug addiction and alcoholism and criminal activity, and then they have this powerful testimony of what God can do in a changed life. And it is. It is glorifying to the Lord and powerful what God can do to change and transform a life that was considered trash by society and to turn them into something. But I want to stop and I'm pausing here because I want you to hear this. The enemy, the devil, will come and lie to some young people and say, you need to go get you a testimony. That's not true. The greatest testimony any of us could ever leave this earth with, and there's a few in here I would presume, is at a very young age I met the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. And by his grace, oh, I've been tempted to go drink and get into alcohol and get mixed up in the world. But by God's grace, I have walked through this world untarnished. His power has kept me from the world. That's my testimony is the keeping power of Jesus Christ. That's the greatest testimony we can have. So if, you're, if you've never been out in the world and mingled with the world, don't let the enemy say, you got to go get that testimony to show God's power. God's power can be shown in keeping us from all of that mess. Amen? Yes. Amen. Bless you.